let me tell you about uh, Grip 6 right now as the sun is climbing high into the morning sky. There is a guy in Texas checking his fifth oil rig of the day, making sure the machinery is in proper working order just in case, just in case. Thousands of miles away from in Iowa, a farmer's wife is digging in the garden. She planted behind the house, pulling tomatoes right off the vine. And in Florida, there's a guy walking an uncrowded morning beach, waving a metal detector in search of treasures. You know what all these people have in common? Socks, grip six. I mean, even the guy with the metal detector, those socks don't look stupid on him. If you want socks that'll keep your feet cool in the summer, warm in the winter, socks made with the latest in wool technology that will actually keep your feet cool and warm, you don't have to look any further than Grip 6. I wear them. I enjoy them. I think you're going to, too. Just put your trust in hard-earned money in a company that does it right here in America. We thank the sponsor, Grip6, for being with us and standing with America. Grip6.com slash Beck. Grip6.com slash Beck. of miracles have happened that horrible rail strike that was going to devastate everything burn us down to the ground panic everyone has suddenly been averted how did this happen we'll tell you in 60 seconds Lillian wrote in about her dog's experience with rough green she says uh, I have the pickiest chihuahua on the planet seriously I was at wit's end trying to get her to eat any form of dog food and she wasn't getting the proper nutrition. Well, in comes Rough Greens, changes everything, and now I can add, you know, this to her home-cooked meals and she eats it up. She's already a pretty healthy dog, but I'm sure she's going to remain one for years and years to come. I saw healthy changes in my dog and Uno was the same way. He just wouldn't eat. He just wouldn't eat. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it that they want to give you a trial bag just so your dog can try it and, and eat it. If they don't like it. You're not out anything. You just pay for the shipping. And if your dog does like it, get a full bag and start feeding them and watch the difference. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. It's free trial bag. Just pay for shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-GLEN33. All right. We uh, we have a, just some amazing news. Amazing news the railroad strike that could have halted large amounts of food shipments during harvest season would have would have meant that 300,000 barrels of oil a day were stopped 
and food would rot. The, the supply chain would be broken perhaps forever now. Thousands of people that ride Amtrak mysteriously for some reason would be abandoned. This, 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 we are just hours away from this nightmarish nuclear holocaust of a situation. What to do, what to do, what to do? Well, the good news is, now from Reuters, the White House has announced a tentative deal to avert the nationwide disaster. It was a marathon night of negotiations, and President Joe Biden led the way. He said, quote, this deal will keep our critical rail system working and avoid disruption of our economy. Those rail workers are going to get a better pay, improve working conditions and peace of mind around their health care costs. All hard earned. The agreement is also a victory for the railway companies who will be able to retain and recruit more workers for an industry that will continue to be the backbone of the American economy for decades to come. Whoa. Oh, I mean, I didn't sleep last night. I was so worried about it. Because according to some reports, while workers are generally well paid, the strike was actually focused on the quality of life, which is pretty miserable for these people. You know, they have fixed time, lack of overtime due to classification loopholes. They are they're on call for 30 days and they don't and they they can't go to the doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Well, <laughs> that evil Amtrak just wouldn't bend for these poor workers. So, at the last minute, the Biden administration needed to jump in. Now, I, this is such a minor point, I hate to even bring it up, but the president did have a mediation board, um, and it's usual for the government to get involved in something like this because it affects so much. But uh, the president's mediation board in June just got up and walked away and said, you know what, you guys figure this out. You're going to be fine. And everybody was like, wait a minute. Oh, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, you, you, you can't leave. I mean, this is really important. Now, yeah, I think you guys have it. I think you have it. And, um, you know, it didn't go well. For some reason, for the first time, the government's uh, uh, mediation board, who with something as big as this, just gets up and leaves back in June. Wow. What could that have been about? <laughs> Some people say that this is political theater. And I just, I'm sorry. You, what are you saying? That he would have his people walk away in order to create an issue for him to resolve just ahead of the midterms for another victory going in? Well, not another, but a single victory going into the election? That seems so cynical. I mean, that would require truly political theater. Welcome to another episode of Joe Biden Theater, where we join now as Joe Biden joins the all-night session to get America back on track. <laughs> Mr. President, we as your favorite cash cow, which 
You've done everything we've ever asked you to do for decades, despite losing billions of taxpayer dollars. Yes, Amtrak, the ones that you have now suggested you will help us expand our service so we can lose even more money and have even less people riding the trains. Well, Mr. President, even though we're close personal friends for decades now, we just can no longer negotiate with these slimy, coal-dust-ridden workers. I mean, they're the workers, Mr. President. You know, <laughs> they disgust us. I, uh, Mr. President, uh, we as your favorite special interest, you know, are really responsible for your win in 2020, you know. Those of us who hold the good union jobs that you've made the centerpiece of your administration. You know, you, you fought valiantly for us. Uh, you, you know, everything that you do is revolving around us and the unions, you know, uh, and we're at an impasse. There is no way we could ever come to terms. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's so late in the night. I've been working so long. I... Oh, where is Congress? Why have they not weighed in on this looming tragedy just before the election? It's a disaster that could impoverish our people. Stop all of our food deliveries. Stop the deliveries of water. Destroy, destroy the supply chain and raise gas prices just as we are nearly out of our strategic oil reserves. Uh, Mr. President, I would like to point out the, the Republicans did try to pass a bill uh, that would have solved the crisis, you know, like the last 17 times we've come to this impasse. But, you know, we, we really figured those evil Republicans were up to something. So rightfully, the Democrats blocked that bill just last night. Oh, it was our last hope. What to do? What to do? Oh, where could we possibly find our savior? Uh, no? Yeah, now, Line, perhaps I can help. Oh, yes, perhaps I can help. You two, of which I do not know or have ever met. I now find myself in this room in the middle of the night, standing against the wind, which is normal for me. I, I work 18 hours a day. I'm so beaming with useful strength. But, but I do it now not for myself, but for my fellow Americans. Uh, except those m mega terrorists. They're not a. Yes, right, right, right. Go on. I must implore you both now to come together so we may save the Republic. Well, I don't really know. On my family name, my good family name, I will see this done. Oh, Mr. President. <laughs> As a spokesperson for Amtrak, may I just say, maybe these fine individuals who honestly run our rail system may have a point that we should have perhaps listened to earlier. Yeah, yeah, us guys too, you know? Oh, these knuckleheads, they're actually pretty good fellas. We just didn't listen. Ah, oh, and by the way, we didn't really mean we were going to break some legs. Oh, Mr. President, you've helped us see the light. Mr. President, because of you, a brilliant negotiator, and your sound reasoning, you have averted this disaster. All of life is but a theater. Biden political theater. Join us again.
Wow, it couldn't have been anything like that. That's so cynical. So incredibly cynical. <sighs> we'll just believe the mainstream media. Um, okay. Hey, Ron DeSantis is now sending planes full of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh. Now, here's my problem. And I think if you're a leftist, you would agree with me. Right now is not the time for these kind of shenanigans. Okay? It is, this is beyond, oh, sending a couple of busloads of people to uh, New York City, which can barely stand two busloads mm -hmm. of illegal immigrants and will collapse the system. This, this shows you how evil Ron DeSantis really is. Ron is sending these migrants, showing, showing how much he hates people of different color, uh, disregard his wife. Um, he hates them so much that he is sending them into a flood zone where they will all die mm. because of global warming. <clears throat> that island is about to be washed away. I, I, I just don't. Oh, the humanity. Terrible. Terrible. Tragic. Well, catastrophic. 48 migrants landed in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, 48. 48. How are they going to do it? Try that in Texas. You <sighs> could, it would collapse. Yeah. 48. They're overwhelming these cities. They are. Overwhelming they, these they cities. sure are. My gosh. I New mean, York. yes, Texas gets 48 in about 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Probably less than that. Yeah, I think a lot five less than that. Yeah. Every five minutes, yeah. another 48. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> New York City, the mayor said the city is just scrambling just oh, scrambling it's oh, nearing no. its don't breaking say point don't yeah. say that yeah uh, yeah mm -hmm. do they have a crisis now a border crisis at they martha's vineyard they these governors are turning these cities mm -hmm. into border towns <laughs> Which should be great for them, right? Yeah, I mean, what's the problem? You're, you say that there is no problem in border towns. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you're sanctuary cities, which means you provide sanctuary for illegals. Yes. This should be great for it you. It should be wonderful for you. Hmm. Huh. So. So weird. We have that going for us. Oh, and Rand Paul talked to Dr. Fauci yesterday. We're going to get into that. And then Rand Paul's joining us in just a few minutes. Stand by. Uh, does it seem sometimes like you just have to drag yourself out of bed in the morning, face the day, because, you know, you're going to be in pain? If so, I can relate. Getting up every day for years thinking, is this what my life is going to be like for the rest of my life? I don't want to do this. And then going to doctor after doctor trying to find anything that would actually work. Uh, you know what actually got me out of pain? Relief factor. Relief factor. It's, thank God, not a drug, not something that drugs you out. It was developed by doctor has four key ingredients that fight inflammation, which is the source of most of our pain that we deal with. It could work for you. Three-week quick start. Developed for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. So order Relief Factor at relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. 
So I wouldn't want to be Dr. Fauci if this is an mm. honest election. No. Uh, and Rand Paul has had a few discussions with Dr. Fauci. You, really? Yeah, a, a couple. And this was really interesting because he started out by showing a clip of Fauci from 2004 uh, mm-hmm. where Fauci talks about the fact that Hey, if you've been infected with the flu, you don't need a vaccine. So he starts there, and it, it just goes downhill for Fauci from then on. But here's the first part where he plays the clip. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be. Because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, she not get re- it? if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu... She definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Oh, yeah, she, she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it, it's mm. the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected mm. yourself. <laughs> okay, so mm. with that in mind, you know, and and in light of what Fauci has said for the last two years, yeah, Rand Paul went on a little bit of a rant. Uh, cut nineteen. <laughs> Actually, actually, words don't lie. If you look at the words behind me, we can go over them a little bit at a time. She doesn't need it because the most potent vaccination right. is getting infected yourself. It so, is true. It is true, Senator. It is a very potent way to protect. So when you're trying to tell us that kids need a third or a fourth vaccine, are you including the variability or the variable of previous infection in the studies? No, you're not. Because when you have approved vaccines in recent times and the committees that have approved it for children don't report anything on hospitalization or death or transmission. They only report that if you give them the jab, they'll make antibodies. And you can give kids hundreds of jabs and they'll make antibodies every time. But that does not prove efficacy. So what you're doing is denying the very fundamental premise of immunology that previous infection does provide some sort of immunity. It's not in any of your studies. Almost none of your studies from the CDC or from the government have the variable of whether or not you've been previously infected. So let's look at adults. I've had three infections. Should I get a fourth one? If you're gonna measure whether I get a fourth one, you need a a category that has a fourth one in it. And you need one that has nothing in it, no vaccine or the fourth vaccine. But you also need to know whether they've been infected. If you ignore whether they've been infected, you're ignoring a vaccine, basically. So you're ignoring a variable. So what you're giving us is this, the, you decry, and people decry vaccine hesitancy. It's coming from the gobbledygook that you give us. You're not paying attention to the science. The very basic science is that previous infection provides a level of immunity if you ignore that in your studies if you don't present that in your committees you're not being truthful or honest with us wow mm. did you notice uh, fauci looked at least there a little more humble no a little bit a little more humble mm-hmm. huh. Hmm. Huh. huh yeah i mean what's he gonna say you got taken to task and uh he just showed you that by your own words, you should have been you you should have been presenting these vaccines differently. You should have been honest with the American people and say that if you've been infected, that does provide some immunity to it. But they don't. No. They, they never talk about that. No. All they talk about are the continued vaccines and boosters. 
uh, and the people that, you know, you keep hearing that have had it, um, you know, like the president, he's had it more than I have. I haven't had a single yeah. vaccine, not not one, uh, you know. So mm-hmm. what 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 was that good for exactly? The other thing that is you know, Rand Paul's coming up in just a minute. I'd like to ask him this. The other thing is, is this mysterious death that seems to be going around all the world. There's a right. mysterious death glut that nobody can explain. Nobody can explain. And uh, you dare not get right. anywhere near an explanation that kind of makes sense. Right. Or you'll be canceled. Yeah. So uh, is anybody looking into that? Is anyone looking into that? I know the people that are are always canceled, mm-hmm. but there is something very, very wrong here. And I'd also like to ask uh, uh, Rand, um, you know, the the um, the deal with the vaccines and the government just went away. We're not buying any more of this vaccine. Mm. There is no there, nobody's interested in buying this vaccine. OK, <laughs> nobody. So now Moderna is facing massive losses because they've made all of this vaccine and now there's nobody to buy it. Isn't it weird that the same week that is is going on the president announces a new moonshot to get these mrna vaccines the people who own that which is moderna and the Mm -hmm. people we've been paying for their partners i believe literally in crime they're gonna get more money from the federal government to see if any of that technology can be worked to Cure cancer. And he did specifically cite mRNA technology yes. in the fight uh, against cancer. And the the company that owns that technology, owns it, mm-hmm. is Moderna. So they've got the patent on it. So guess who's going to be getting even more money? Is that just a mere coincidence? Find out in the next <laughs> exciting episode of Biden Theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Last night, it did a special on uh, the energy crunch, and I told you that we were going to give you answers. Those answers are coming uh, in just about 30 minutes from now. We've got a fantastic to-do list, things that you need to be engaged in and need to pass on to your friends uh, to make sure that you are standing for energy. Otherwise, we're in big trouble. Coming up. The Glenn Back Program. Hey, I'm your local mechanic, and I just hate it when you come in and have to have your car fixed. Thousands of dollars. Breaks me little heart to tell you that, especially I know you're running for gas. <laughs> but those parts, they would have been warrant on warranty, but now I don't even know. If I can get one, you know what I'm saying? Oh, what was me to have to bankrupt you? CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. All you have to do is choose the mechanic to do the work, and CarShield administrators will handle the rest. Yeah, but wait, what? You can also count on CarShield to help take care of you when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Lock in your price today and it will never go up. CarShield, they'll have your back. CarShield.com slash Beck. 
carshield.com slash back or call them at 800-391-8888 save 10 percent. check out my show pat gray unleashed every weekday 7 to 9 eastern or anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts Oh, everybody's famous Fauci nemesis. Uh, Rand Paul joins us now. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky. How are you, sir? Very good, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Um, You know, I I like this. Uh, You said yesterday, we've been asking you, and you refuse to answer whether anyone on the uh, vaccine committee gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and your response was, we don't have to tell you. When we get in charge... Uh, we're going to change the rules and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies have anyone on the committee has a conflict of interest. We're going to learn about it. I promise you that. Uh, wow. Uh, can, can you imagine, Glenn, if your local school board had a member of the school board who sold textbooks and didn't tell anybody? And then there was a bid for textbooks and he got the contract or she got the contract. Nobody in their right mind thinks that right. There is always, you always have to divulge where your money comes from if you're approving things. Particularly, Pfizer made $36 billion last quarter. I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, they should be chomping at the bit to reassure us that nobody on that committee is receiving royalties from either Pfizer or Moderna. And then we've got nothing. That was a month ago. And he quotes a law, and we've looked the law up. It's from 1980. It's called the Buy-Dole uh, Law. And uh, we're going to try to fix it, but we'll have to amend the law. There's no reason in the world they should get to keep this a secret. Um, you know, I'm not against people getting royalties. If you invent something and you work for government, I'm kind of for that because people will stay in government uh, and not leave. Not everybody will leave government. But uh, I'm against you hiding that information. I wouldn't mind everybody leaving government. Myself, <laughs> that's myself. another that's another discussion. So, um, you know, the 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 fear that many uh, conservatives have for independence and there's more and more independence than there are Republicans uh, lately. Um, they are all saying the same thing. If you guys just have hearings and it goes nowhere and nobody pays for the crimes, uh, it'll be the last time anybody pulls a lever for an R. Um, what power do you guys have if you take control? I'll give you an idea from my perspective. There are different committees and the committees have different rules. Certain committees have more subpoena rules and many of the committees you have to have all of the Republicans vote to give you the subpoena power. Some of the committees I'm on have the biggest rhinos in the world and I'll never be able to get subpoena power. Some of the committees I'm on I might have the subpoena power. So this will weigh into our decision on which committee to take if we win. The other thing is this. Not only am I going to have hearings, not only will I have an investigation, I'm going to appoint a special investigator, which will likely be like a prosecuting attorney, a lawyer. But I'm also going to appoint a special investigating scientist to help that lawyer. Because so much of this is science. The scientists come in, bamboozle the lawyer, and the lawyer says, well, gosh, that's confusing. So we really need a scientist and a lawyer to oversee this. And we are going to find out about the origins, not only what happened, where it came from, but whether there was a cover-up afterwards. There's also the ancillary things of finding out 
who's getting what money from whom and who's on which committee. And there's also the idea of what kind of studies need to be done to help people make a decision who've either been vaccinated or had the disease or both to know what the truth is about do they need another vaccine? If you've had two vaccines and you've been infected, do you really need a third? Do you need a fourth, a fifth, a tenth? The data they're giving us is completely without any scientific uh, uh, probity. They, they are saying, oh, well, you make antibodies when we give you this. Well, that doesn't mean I need it. You can give me 100 vaccines and I'll make antibodies every time. It doesn't mean I need it. What you need to know is if I've had two vaccines and I've had COVID, is there any chance I'm going to the hospital or dying from this? And I think it's close to zero. So there's there's some other things that are really disturbing, uh, Rand, and that is we're now seeing an uptick of rare cancers, especially in the young, um, 18, you know, 40. And uh, doctors can't explain it. There's this uh, there's this glut of deaths that doctors just can't explain. Are, are any of these connected to the uh, vaccines? I don't know, but I do know that we should have an honest and open mind and study these things. And I do know that things with statistics are sometimes difficult. So, for example, uh, the death rate for COVID overall is about 0.3%. So that means really 99.7% of the people are going to survive. So when people say, well, I took this and I, I got better in three days and it must be because I took this. It's hard to know because I took nothing and I got better also. So, yeah, you have to look at large numbers. When the, when the mortality rate is so low, you have to have large numbers of people in each category to figure it out. It's the same with cancer. So we get cancer. And so if somebody gets it and had the vaccine, they in their mind say it was the vaccine. But it's, it's harder to prove than that. But we can statistically look at it. But you have to have large samples and you have to honestly look at it. Now, do I trust the CDC is honestly looking at this? No, I don't think they're, I think that they have preconceived notions, one, that everybody should be vaccinated. And this is why they don't release any data on whether or not people have also had COVID, because then people would, you know, if they had any inclination that maybe having had the infection with or without a vaccine was plenty of protection, that would dissuade them from doing what the CDC has agreed we should do. And that's just keep getting vaccinated all the time every year for this thing. Does, and uh, so, but those are things we have to push to find the truth. But it's does, not always easy to find the truth. Does Moderna still have the, uh, the MRNA technology uh, rights? That I don't know. And, uh, but that's worth looking into. I don't know the answer. To because that. I, I understand that uh, either this week or soon, uh, the government's going to stop buying the vaccine. And I thought it was uh, really interesting that the president went from we're going to cure cancer to we're going to slow cancer down in the next 15 years. And we want to invest in this mRNA um, technology to see if that won't uh, uh, help cure cancer. And I have no problem with that. Um, I just found it interesting that. Right around the time that uh, Moderna is getting off of the government teat on one thing, they're getting back on the government teat for another and the same technology. Is there anything there? Yeah, I'm, I'm not against using the technology and it might work for right. cancer. So I'm, that's where I am on that as well. 
as far as the government buying or owning uh, big and large chunks of uh, some kind of cure, some kind of treatment, it's a mistake because uh, then they control the usage of it. So, for example, the government approved the monoclonal antibodies under emergency use authorization. They called this an EUA. But when doing so, then they controlled how it was used. And so they said you can only use it as an outpatient. Well, I was getting calls from people all over the country said, I'm really sick and they think I'm going to go on a ventilator in the next day or two, but I want the monoclonal antibodies, but they won't give them to me because I'm already an inpatient. And I was like, that's absurd. You know, people are asking me, should I get discharged and go to the emergency room, get the monoclonal antibodies, and then let them bring me back across the curtain into the main hospital? I mean, but that was because the government owned them. So there's a big danger when the government owns things. The other thing that happened and wasn't talked about much on this is this was a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar subsidy for the big insurance companies. So 80% of us have health insurance. So when we go to get a vaccine, we either pay or our health insurance pays. But guess what? No matter how rich or poor you were, no matter whether had health insurance or not, you went in and the government paid. Somebody else paid. So the taxpayer paid. You paid premiums to your insurance company, and your insurance company didn't have to pay for treatment of COVID because we, we socialized the treatment. But really, in doing so, it became this massive gift to the health insurance companies. Do you believe that our government violated the Nuremberg uh, rules? You know, I don't, I don't, I I don't know. I, you know, the thing is, is I do think that, um, they violated every precept of the scientific method, uh, by being open and curious as to the origins of the virus, open and curious and level-headed and equal-minded as far as treatment. I think they brought bias and bigotry and preconceptions into everything. And because of that, you know, for example, I don't advise people to go out and take ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. But if I had been in the scientific committees, I would have studied both of them and I would try to study them objectively. They were so thoroughly trashed in the media that I don't think we got objective studies. Now, there have been studies outside the U.S. that are a little more objective, um, but it was all completely traded on Trump derangement syndrome because Trump mentioned something positive about one or both of those treatments. Nobody, the left didn't care. The left became consumed with they couldn't work because Trump was for them. And you will recall, at first, they said the vaccine wasn't going to work and you shouldn't take it. Cuomo and Newsom and all these Democrats were saying, don't take it. It's the Trump vaccine, you know, until they until it became their vaccine. Then it was everybody should take it. But, um, no, we, we, you got to stay away from letting the government make all the decisions. You need to disperse power and disperse decision making in healthcare, same as every other sphere. So a lot of us are, you know, concerned about we didn't learn any of our lessons from really anything. Um, the government hasn't, I should say. Uh, and now we're on the monkey pox and God knows what comes next. Are, are, are we as a people secure from our own government that we are not going to be forced to be parts of their medical experiments or, or things in the future? You know, We've had so many of these hearings where the left and the government comes forward and says, we want to dispel vaccine hesitancy. And I, I push back to them. I say, you realize why we're hesitant, because you're not being honest with right, us. Right. If you're honest with us and give us all the information, you know, people are self-interested. I don't want to die. If I if I get all the information and I think it's, it's better for me to take the vaccine, I will. I'm not adamantly opposed to taking the vaccine. In fact, for older folks, my uh, in-laws, 91 and 86, 
my wife got him the vaccine. My wife took the vaccine and she's about my age and healthy, but hadn't had COVID. I chose not to just because I'd had COVID. And I thought the evidence was strong, even initially that I would have immunity. And as it's gone on, it looks like I have at least as good as a vaccine, maybe twice as good as a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, So these decisions need to be made. But uh, we need to allow the, the freedom of people to, to make these decisions and to gain the information. And this has led to a great deal of distrust because people know, frankly, I mean, look at the, the, the most recent va- the vaccine that they're going to do now is brand new. It'll be Omicron mixed with the wild variety. So it'll be somewhat an updated vaccine. And you know who they tested it on? Eight mice. No humans. No human trial. No human efficacy trial, no uh, no exploration of whether there will be side effects. They tested it on eight mice. The mice made antibodies. So voila, you get you're going to get a vaccine tested on eight mice. Jeez, uh, Senator, please keep you keep up your fight on this. This may be the uh, the reason why you were sent to Washington. You are um, qualified to speak about it, and you know the bull crap that they are um, that they're shoveling and we wish you all the best on this and hopefully if there were crimes committed hopefully they will all go to jail absolutely we will not let go of this and the main reason to me is not only punishing those who have lied to us but making sure this doesn't happen again because Amen. there are viruses out there that have 60 percent mortality we could wipe out civilization as we know it if we allow this kind of research to continue. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. Uh, it seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah. That's the title of life story of everybody who's ever gotten him or herself into up in the eyeballs of uh, credit card debt. It seemed like a good idea. If they are still haunting you, those credit card debts, now more than ever, You need to be looking to make every good financial decision you can. Save more, spend less, so that you and your family are protected from the economic storm. Uh, Honestly, the best thing you can do is get yourself out of debt. And if you have credit cards, oh my gosh, those things are going to become so incredibly expensive. Right now, I want you to call American Financing today. They've been doing, you know, home loans for people forever. and, uh, And they can help you. They don't work for the bank. They work for you. So please call them even just to find a way to raise your credit score, which is incredibly important right now. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Let me give you an update on something. Apparently, Visa, thank goodness, has been slammed by the news that they are updating their category codes to include gun sales. Um, We emailed um, their um, their people and asked for a statement. They gave us a statement that was ridiculous. So my executive producer asked for a definition, you know, of a few things and clarity on a few things. 
Well, their initial statement read, following ISO's decision to establish a new merchant category code, Visa will proceed with next steps while ensuring we protect all legal uh, commerce on the Visa network in accordance with our longstanding rules. So they clarified, but just they just um, did it in a long, longer post, but they didn't really say anything. Um, the the thing that should stand out to you is the cowardice of Visa and how they are repeatedly blaming the ISO as if they're beholden absolutely to some international standards organization. This goes back to the show we did recently on the United States inching closer and closer to international accounting standards. Do you remember that? New global accounting standards include scope 3 ESG standards following the carbon footprint across the entire supply chain. We found that the leftist dark money group Arabella was funding this initiative. Anyway, it's clear now that we are on board with all these international standards and coincidentally all these standards further left-wing agendas. They also, I found interesting, said multiple times that Visa was helping to promote legal transactions. What does that mean? Are firearms soon to be illegal? Let's get down to bass, uh, brass tacks here, Visa. None of your responses alleviate our concerns that these credit card companies are helping to build a gun registry and also block people from buying things that the elites or international elites think we shouldn't have. Your response makes all of this sound worse. The Glenn Back Program. Can our sponsor here on The Blaze is American financing. Being fiscally responsible is really important if you want to have flexibility and even a little comfort in your life. Uh, sometimes it's not enough on its own. Good news is American financing can help you bridge the gap between you and financial freedom. I urge you, please, if you have high interest credit card debt, all credit card debt is going to become very high interest soon. Um, and it will crush you. It will just crush you. Please, if you have um, any equity into your home right now, now is the time to use that. Uh, it's better to pay 5% interest uh, and pay those things off than it is to pay 20, 21, 25. God only knows what it could be in the future. American financing could help you do this. And also you could skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. Don't do anything stupid. Listen, take their advice, search it out, do your own homework. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Answers, finally some answers, next.
the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Last night, I did a special uh, on the coming energy crisis. We're already there. Um, Europe is ahead of us, and what's coming in Europe this winter is not good, and everyone seems to be doubling down on this bad idea of, hey, let's shut everything off, you know, because the magic uh, green fairy is going to throw some grow some uh, dust on us and we're going to have all the electricity we need it's not going to work so what can you do because you're not powerless answers answers in 60 seconds sandra wrote in about her experience with relief factor she says i was having trouble sleeping for a very long time all through the night i would wake up in pain and my joints ached uh, all over pretty much every night i tried a lot of things nothing was working and i was getting pretty desperate Then I tried Relief Factor, and after a couple of weeks, my pain just started melting away. No more trouble sleeping now. Thank you. Sandra, thank you so much for uh, writing in. And I know when you say you've tried everything, you think you've tried everything. And I know you get to the end of that road where you're like, I just, I'm just, I'm going to live with it. Don't. Please try this. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. It works. Relief factor hits. Uh, it's not a drug, but it, it hits your inflammation from four different angles. That's why if ibuprofen's never worked for you and it's never worked for me, that's why this may work for you. It, it hits it in many different ways because all of our bodies are different. Three week quick start. Try it for three weeks. If it's not working for you within three weeks, stop taking it. 1995, the three-week quick start just for you to try it out. Take it as directed. It is relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800, the number four relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. So last night, I uh, I laid out kind of a, a bleak uh, look for the future of energy, and I don't think most people understand. Uh, we don't need just the energy to run things now. We need much more energy to run the technology of the future. Uh, and Alex Epstein is with us. He is from the Center of Industrial Progress founder and president and also the author of a book you must read. It's Fossil Fuel. Uh, and he's come equipped with um, some real solutions to our energy problem to be able to stave it off. And really all you need is support from the American people, right? Yeah, I mean, the the great thing about energy is there's all the potential to produce low-cost, reliable energy for billions of people in thousands of places. There's no, there's no physical resource deficit for doing this, and there's no knowledge deficit. Human beings know how to produce reliable electricity, right? We know how to produce energy on a scale of billions of people. We're just being prohibited from doing it right. politically, which means that there is a political solution if we are liberated. To be able to do it. So we have, uh, I, I mentioned that in uh, Colorado, I mean, people who have these smart thermostats have said for a while, don't do now, that. That's a that's, euphemism. Yeah, I know. Um, in Colorado, they had to, they lost control of their thermostats. Uh, and I mentioned that and said, you know, if that, if your right to touch your thermostat is only worth $25 a year to you, good luck. Um, but People are bashing back saying, well, that's because the coal power plants uh, plants went down uh, and, you know, and it was an emergency at the coal fire plants because coal is just not stable. 
Yeah, we're really in this Orwellian world, right? I mean, like, the Inflation Act is called the Inflation Reduction Act. Right. Right. Freedom <laughs> right. is slavery, and right. uh, and uh, coal is unreliable, and solar and wind right. are reliable. Right, right. Despite the obvious. Yeah, I mean, what they, they always point to, they did this with the Texas blackouts, too. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll point to some individual failure of some fossil fuel plant mm-hmm. and then say, oh, well, this inherently doesn't work. But we know that we can produce reliable electricity with fossil fuels because we've been doing it for generations and we've done it in all weather conditions. You can I, do it when it's really cold, when it's really hot. So you know that uh, if a fossil fuel plant fails, that's just something about the specific situation. That's correct. not the technology. Or so with solar and wind, they do not produce electricity most of the time. Right. And you can't rely on them almost any time. That's the basic nature of them. And part of what happens when you see fossil fuel failures is often they have to account for the intermittency of solar and wind. So they have to cycle up and down or be shut down and restarted more, much more than they would be if they were on their own. And um, Or what happens is they'll get defunded the way the whole subsidies work, which we just expanded, unfortunately, is that they defund reliable power plants, including things like weatherization, say, for natural gas in Texas. So we know that we can, again, we have all the ability to produce reliable electricity at low cost. We're just not using it because of political factors. Okay, so let's go over your five-point uh, plan. So this is, I call this the energy freedom platform, and I, I encourage politicians of all parties to adopt this Uh Unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, right now, Democrats are not being very good in terms of energy. They almost all hmm. supported the Inflation Act. I think mm-hmm. basically all of them did. And by the way, I played the audio uh, from a uh, an activist group that was in part of the, a part of this inflation reduction uh, bill, and they admitted, and they were talking to their own supporters, and they're like, "Look, it's not about inflation. It's really a green bill," which we all kind of knew if you were paying attention. It's a green bill. It's stuffed with stuff about green energy. Yeah, and we could talk about how, I mean, I consider that a four-step recipe for destroying American energy, basically, because just very quickly, so it involves increasing dependence on unreliable electricity. If you want to destroy American energy, that's a good step one. Right. Step two is add taxes and restrictions to fossil fuels during fossil fuel shortages. Mm-hmm. That's a good That's a good step too. Um, what were the other steps? I mean, it's, it's so bad. Oh yeah, increase the power of the EPA to shut down fossil fuel projects. We need more Which of that, done. obviously. And then increase the power of environmental justice activists to stop all energy development. And you just, uh, they've done that through the DOJ now. Yeah, so they have, they have this four-step thing, which if you were trying to destroy American energy, it's hard to think of a better plan. So okay. let's talk about how to improve American energy with the Energy Freedom Platform. So I'll give the five, and then we can go into depth in any okay. one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So number one is liberate responsible uh, development. Mm-hmm. Number two is end preferences for unreliable electricity. Hmm. Number three is reform air and water emission standards to incorporate cost-benefit analysis. This is a really important one for EPA stuff. Number four is liberate uh, is rather reduce emissions long term through innovation, not through punishing America, through liberating innovation, not through punishing America. And then number five, which I know you'll be sympathetic to, is decriminalize nuclear energy. Oh my gosh! Ugh. So we can talk about any of okay, those, but so they're let, all let's, crucial. Let's let's just take them one by one, real okay. quick. Okay. Um, first one. So liberate responsible development energy inherently involves developing the world around us. Mm -hmm. And yet we have an anti-development movement 
that is setting energy policy and running many of these agencies. So there's opposition to development even in the investment world, but in particular, just all these anti-development policies that are restricting fossil fuel development, nuclear development, et cetera. So this is like ESG is a good example. Well, yeah, ESG is a kind of quasi political. But if you just look at how difficult it is, if you take nuclear, like how difficult it is to start a nuclear plant, you know, it used to take four years. Now it takes 16 years. Part of that is you have these anti-development so-called green activists who can stop things on a dime. So Mm -hmm. you really need our policies that are fundamentally pro-development and that they they're responsible development in the sense of they they try to stop endangerment. So you don't want to endanger local people or endanger some national sure. treasure, but you can't have the idea that it's wrong to develop nature. And that that terrible anti-human idea is at the root of so many of our laws and policies. So if if when I go into the details, if people go to energytalkingpoints.com, you'll see there's a lot of specific policies that need to be reformed that are anti-development okay. right now. All right, number two. So is is um, end preferences. end preferences for unreliable electricity, and and on that website there's something called electricity emergency, which goes into the details. But basically, right now we do three things. We have mandates for unreliable electricity. We prefer them in that way. Many states have those, like my state of California, unfortunately has those. We have subsidies, which we just expanded under the mm-hmm. Inflation Act, right? So we did that, and then the most insidious that people don't know is that we have very unfair pricing because there is no cost penalty for selling unreliable electricity into the grid. Now you think about that. Imagine you had a car company and you got to change charge the same for a car that worked a third of the time and a car that works all the time. Wow. That's that that's how the grid works. You get the same amount for selling unreliable electricity as reliable electricity and actually you get more because all the subsidies we have that we just extended. So you actually get paid a premium for selling something that is not nearly as valuable. And sometimes unreliable electricity is of negative value. Sometimes if you have too much electricity, you need to offload it. Uh, so it's it's this is if you pay a premium for unreliable electricity, guess what? You get reliable electri- unreliable electricity. <laughs> um, okay, number three. So this is this had to do with the air and water emission standards. And so right now, like let's look at what the EPA is doing. We have uh, in that article, electricity emergency. I talk about they're slated to be ninety three gigawatts of coal shutting down in terms of already announced things. That's almost mm-hmm. one tenth of a reliable capacity. One tenth. Crazy. This is in the next. This is by twenty thirty. But there's also the threat of 92 more. So almost a fifth of our reliable capacity, like there's a reliability bloodbath that's scheduled to happen. The lion's share of this comes from EPA policies. So it's EPA deliberately trying to do things that'll shut down these coal plants, even though, as you've talked about, there's no viable replacement in the pipeline. We're not, we have almost no nuclear scheduled, not nearly enough gas. So how does the EPA justify this? Well, one thing is they don't use real cost benefit analysis when they're making decisions. So they'll say like, hey, wouldn't it be great to have lower emissions? But they don't think about, well, what is the cost of that in terms of what what are the costs to human life of an unreliable grid? They're almost incalculable. So the EPA is making these decisions and they're not giving any consideration to the reliability of the grid. So you need, that's an example of where you need real cost benefit analysis. So these people, are there any honest people on this side? Uh, I mean, I don't understand how an honest person can look at it and not say, yeah, but this is going to make things more unreliable and people will either die from heat stroke or they will die from freezing in the winter. Uh, You know, you can't just have an unreliable grid like this is there anybody on the other side that is asking these questions that's honest 
I think one, I mean, there are some people who are really anti-energy. And yeah. so in a sense, they're honest, although they hide it from the public, but they yeah. just, they want less power. They want to deindustrialize. There's that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think, that's... I think one of the challenges is, I talk about this in chapter one of Fossil Future, we rely on what I call a knowledge system to give us expert knowledge and guidance on all these specialized areas. Mm-hmm. And what you have is multiple of these specializations are failing at the same time, but each specialization thinks the other is doing its job. So for instance, the electricity people have been hiding the electricity emergency. They're not acknowledging it. Many of the companies have not been acknowledging it. You talk to them behind the scenes, they'll say, yeah, this is a disaster, but publicly they won't say anything. The regulators are kind of silent. And so the public thinks, oh, there's not that, there's not that big a threat. And then, you know, the EPA people, they'll distort the science about the side effects of coal and they, but they'll kind of think, oh yeah, we don't have to worry about reliability because the grid isn't saying that much. So kind of there, mm. there's this, there's dishonesty kind of everywhere, but one reinforces the other. I mean, we've got a world that thought legitimately that you could rapidly eliminate fossil fuels by 2050 and it would work really well. Like this was the mainstream view. And part of it is there's all these false views that are being combined and and people have this idea well most people the experts so-called the the people we're told are experts they can't be that wrong but but they can be that wrong in part because what we're told the experts think is usually a massive distortion of what the actual researchers in a field think yes that's happening with global warming all the time oh yeah of course i mean it's the idea that it's the world is going to end if it gets you know, one or two degrees warmer on right. a on a planet where far more people die of cold than of heat. The researchers don't think that, but that gets distorted by what I call our knowledge system to make it, oh, it's an apocalypse and you have to take a crash emergency action and destroy all your energy. And then, then the planet will be nice to you and life will be great. Um, give me the fourth one. Um, so the fourth one is reduce. Low, reduce emissions long-term. It's very important. It has to be long-term because there's no short-term reducing of emissions. That's a pipe dream. So it's reduce CO2 emissions long-term by liberating innovation, not punishing America. When did we lose that in America? Lose which one? The, the idea that we innovate our way out of problems. Instead, we're just we're just dismantling everything. Instead of saying... You know, uh, hey, we've got a we've got a uh, food storage problem. Uh, somebody comes up with the refrigerator. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we are already seeing technology that is we have reduced greenhouse gases better than anybody else, and a lot of it is because of new technology. But we just dismiss that. I think there are a couple of things going on. So one is this idea that CO2 emissions are an emergency. And when you think of something as an emergency, you need to get rid of it immediately. And if that's your view, the only thing you can do is just massively destroy human life. I mean, that's the only way you can do it. To reduce emissions now in a world where fossil fuels are 80% of the world's energy, in a world that needs vastly more energy, 3 billion people using less electricity per person than one of our refrigerators, like the world is going to be using more fossil fuels for a while. So if if you think of it as an emergency, the world is going to end, then you are going to do these crash programs and accept these terrible consequences, which we're just beginning to see because we've only reduced fossil fuels a little bit compared to what has been asked for by World Economic Forum. Correct. And all these these other people. So one is this emergency mindset is really bad and and it, it's not justified. We're safer f- than ever from climate. CO2 emissions have a warming impact and a greening impact. It's not a catastrophic impact. If you want to lower emissions, you have to think of it as a long-term thing. That's the only moral way and it's the only practical way. China and India 
are not going to lower their emissions Correct. until there's a cost-effective alternative. Now, the Greens say they want cost-effective alternatives. They say they want solar and wind. But notice that their approach is to first restrict fossil fuels. I know you've talked about like, and then promise a replacement. That's Correct. not how markets work. That's not how right. freedom works. Freedom. That's you not actually how anything have... of common sense works. You right. don't say, "Hey, uh, I know, uh, I know all the machines in the hospital are keeping your uh, your husband alive, but we're going to try something that's never been done before. So we're going to turn off all of yes. those machines and then hope that something works." That's that's insane. But that that has been the policy. Part of it has been disguised. So they've, they've said, to take your analogy, they've said the equivalent of, hey, we have this amazing new machine, we're developing green machines, right? But what they didn't say is their main policy is shutting down the machines that work. Like, what did Biden mm -hmm. do first, right? Shuts down the Keystone XL pipeline, bans leasing on federal lands. He didn't come up with some new energy innovation and prove it. He shut down what was what was working and that's that's the huge problem and so the approach has to be you liberate innovation so you get things like cost effective nuclear but you don't dictate inferior alternatives and call that innovation unfortunately that's what passes for innovation today and that's what the whole inflation act is about yeah. is about mandating or coercing us to using these things that don't work all right back in just a second in one minute now this is the uh, five uh, step platform however we need your help on this, um, and it's a it's a real thing that could make the, the uh, a significant difference and turn things around for us. We'll give it to you in just a few minutes. Um, inflation, hyperinflation, recession, depression, the Great Reset. Man, if I read one more story out of uh, Europe talking about, well, there is a possibility of nuclear war. The world has gone insane. Finding uh, some security um, and a safe place to hide. Look, what, wherever you are is where you're supposed to be. Um, and you just have to figure out how to navigate uh, and protect your family the best way you can in case of a catastrophic, oh, I don't know, uh, energy crisis. My Patriot Supply is taking $250 off their three-month emergency food kit. Do you know what the price of groceries and the shortage of groceries would have been like if we if we hadn't have had St. Biden step to the plate and and avert this tragedy of of the Amtrak uh, strike, you you might need emergency food in situations that you cannot see coming. Please go to preparewithglenn.com. Grab your three month emergency food kit for two hundred and fifty dollars off the regular price. Two hundred and fifty dollars off today by going to preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. Ten seconds. Station ID. So you are working with like a, a hundred different legislative offices, correct? Yeah, to various degrees. So, so two years ago, I was very frustrated by, I was having success with the public and I was having success in the corporate world, but the political world was just totally ignorant mm -hmm. of the, the kind of pro-human, pro-freedom energy thinking mm -hmm. I had been developing. And I figured out like the thing I could do was I needed to figure out how to give them messaging and policy in a way that was useful for them. So I started this website, energytalkingpoints.com. Like everything on that can be fit in a tweet. So it's like really efficient ways of explaining pro-freedom views. Mm. So if you go there, there's like probably thousands of individual talking points 
all really well referenced. And then I found that I got demand for people to get custom help. So I, I created something called Energy Talking Points on Demand, where I'd have biweekly briefings, and it's just with high-level offices. So it's congressional offices, U.S. Senate offices, and governor's offices. And so we have about 300 staffers who are part of it, over wow. 100 offices. And increasingly, I'm meeting with the elected officials themselves. I spoke to a group of 20 last time I was in D.C. I'm going to D.C. next week. And what I found is there's a real appetite for this because many of these offices want to be pro-energy and pro-freedom, they but no they idea. didn't have the messaging to explain, to refute all the myths and also clarity on what to do going forward. And that's why I developed the Energy Freedom Platform was the clarity on what to do going forward. So what I've been encouraging them to do is, hey, you can, this is a blueprint. You can win on these issues and you can do something really good. So say Republicans, I'm not politically political really but let's say republicans right now are much more pro-energy if you guys take over congress you need to advocate something positive you can't just once you take over you can't just react to negatives there's a lot of reacting to negatives and not a clear having positive so i would ask your your listeners if they like this it's really really simple just call your office call your office Oh, you're going to say something? I, I've got a, I've got about 20 seconds before we break. Oh, sorry. Just just say, talk to Alex Epstein. Give them my email, alex at alexepstein.com. Just tell the office to email me, and I will set up a call with them, and I'll tell them all about how to use the Energy Freedom Platform. More on this in just a second. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. It really doesn't matter how much money you have or, uh, you know, your identity is is valuable in and of itself. doesn't matter. Uh, you should be protected from cyber criminals at all time. And cyber criminals don't just take what you have right now. They also take your credibility. They rob you for from uh, future of good credit while they're cleaning you out in the present. There are also stories about it uh, in the papers every single day. You will see more and more identities uh, taken by the underworld. It's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Everything we do basically is online, so we need somebody standing guard. No one can protect and prevent uh, all identity theft and protect for everything that could go wrong. However, LifeLock is your best bet. LifeLock by Norton. They have not only preventative measures to keep you safe, but access to restoration teams if you do end up having your information hacked into. So go to lifelock.com, use the promo code BECK and save 25%. Lifelock.com, promo code BECK or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Join one of the last digital spaces that allows free speech. This week only use the promo code GLEN20 and you'll get $20 off your subscription at blazetv.com. Everybody in the last 24 or 48 hours has started to freak out about uh, this strike of Amtrak. Oh my gosh, I have been so worried. How is how is uh, the president going to reach out to, I don't know, the unions, which he is in bed with and are responsible for everything, and Amtrak, which he has been pouring money to and wants to expand Amtrak. How is he going to reach out to the two sides and Get a deal just before the election. This is ridiculous to worry about. Last night, in just some shocking news, the president, in very late hours, might have been 4.30 in the afternoon, got out of bed and he came to the table and he said, you guys got to work this out. And so now we miraculously have been saved. Um, That's all theater. 
What you should worry about is what this country is doing, what our government and administration are doing right now to fuel and energy. Uh, Alex Epstein is uh, with us. He is the author of Fossil Future uh, and also the Center for Industrial Progress founder and president. Um, He has been telling us about a website that you must go to energy talking points.com energy talking points.com and also asking for your help to call your senators and your congressmen and just flood them with this request. Will you please reach out to Alex Epstein and uh, meet with him on his five point uh, energy platform, Alex Epstein and you can the the uh, congressman or the the uh, senator's offices can reach him at I can give the email email address. Please right? do yes, Alex at alexepstein dot uh, com. Do that now. Write that uh, email right now. Alex at alexepstein dot com is the email address you send to your congressman or your senator, and please flood them. Um, okay, that makes a big difference. Thank you. So tell me, um, give me or America a look at what is really coming if we don't turn this around. I think people look at Europe now and say, "Gee, they're buying firewood. That's that's a real crisis." This is the this is the this is like a a, a one on the Richter scale on what's coming. So, so I think the the two things are there is a lot of hardship already yeah. that we would consider intolerable and that this hardship has come from just 1% or 2% of the agenda being implemented. So I do think I do I don't think there's enough familiarity in the US with what's been happening in Europe and there's bad. there's the consumer side and the industrial side and both of them are really really bad. I mean you see things like skyrocketing heating bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see this with I mean it's a quasi consumer like a restaurant saying, "Hey, you know, our bills have gone up by a factor of 4." There was one that went viral on Twitter mm-hmm. and just like, "Hey, we we have a pub. How are we going to pay a bill of, you know, 62,000 pounds versus I think it was 12,000 pounds right. or something like that." You're seeing that maybe the scariest is the industrial side. Um to me, I mean, the consumer side is scary because the world is too cold a place, despite people think it's too Correct. hot. More, far more people die of cold than of heat. Correct. And so in Europe, what you have, you know, northern latitudes, you have the winter. And and winter is a visceral threat to people in Europe right now. I mean, just, oh, I just, know it just is. think about, but think about how embarrassing this is. But, you know, I was We're just, human beings with, we, we understand how to make it Correct. More. But I, I was just there and, you know... Um, uh, I was in uh, Florence and they just had, you know, I don't know how many days, 20, plenty, 20 plus days of 100 plus temperatures. And um, they don't really have air conditioning. I mean, their air conditioning sucks already, but they didn't ha- they couldn't even turn it on. And all they talked about was, you know, the climate is changing. They weren't talking about. Um, yeah, but how about the power situation? At least the people I spoke to, they would recognize it, but they separated the two. They thought they saw energy as um, as what's fueling their cars and going to heat their house. Um, but they didn't seem um, to tie that together with the summer somehow or another. It's it's ominous that so much of the focus with climate 
is on you know man-made climate impact and not on what we can do about climate right. danger as such in part because whatever you believe about man-made climate impact you have no immediate control over this issue Correct. so you see like in california there's this focus on oh my gosh climate change is making these wildfires worse Whatever is happening there, we know how to prevent dangerous forest fires. Yes. We can do logging, we can do brush clearing, we can mm -hmm. do controlled burns, and those we can actually do. Correct. Versus, so there's this whole can't do attitude when it comes to climate, and I think it's because the green religion believes it's wrong to impact climate, and so their whole thing is let's stop sinning instead of let's solve the problem. Correct. And it's the same with air conditioning. like. If it's too hot or too cold, learn how to control temperature. This is something human beings have figured out right. already. And Europe has been suffering for decades because they have inadequate air conditioning. So what is it going to look like for Europe? Because they just changed their standards or announced last night, I think, in the EU that they're going to they're going to overhaul the entire energy sector, which sounded scary as hell to me. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to do what when you do that? What's coming for them and coming for us? What does the world look like in 2030 if we stay on this road? Well, yeah, so there's a question of, so right now we've had, you know, there's been this broad green energy movement, which is primarily, as we discussed about, it's really an anti-movement. So it's not really, we have these amazing new technologies. It's we're going to restrict and limit everything that actually works and then promise to replace it. Uh, so it's primarily anti-fossil fuel, anti-nuclear movement. And the way I think of it is they've just had one or two or 3% success. So they've talked about let's rapidly eliminate it. But fossil fuel use is still growing around the world. And even in Europe, it hasn't shrunk that much. But even shrinking that just a little bit, it's a it's devastation. I mean, it's obviously dependence on hostile foreign powers. It's much higher consumer prices. And then I was mentioning industry. You know, you're seeing like fertilizer factories shut down. Mm. And it's it's the way to think of energy is this is the industry that powers every other industry. So yes. the when the price of energy goes up, the price of everything goes up. So when right. energy is unaffordable, everything starts to become unaffordable. And we're seeing this play out. So you just think about what happens just with all the energy necessary for fertilizer. At some point, you can't afford fertilizer. If you can't afford fertilizer, that makes food more expensive. And if you can't afford, if energy is too expensive, it's expensive to run the tractors and all the machines involved. Correct. So you just, you have these increasing prices and then at the same time, these things are never smooth, particularly because the government is involved. There's one thing, price is going up in a free market where people adjust. But here it's it's really, it's a borderline fascist control where they just, and that's the scary thing about, we have this grand plan. That's mm -hmm. not what you want to hear no. from government during a thing. You want to hear, like with the supply chain crisis, you want to hear, hey, we're going to liberate the supply chain, not we have a new plan for Joe Correct. Biden or his equivalent Correct. to control it. So it's this combination of scarcity of energy managed by fascism instead of freedom and that leads to all sorts of dislocations and disruptions and and tragedies i was standing in my backyard and uh and i thought about my water bill and i thought you know in california they're shutting the water down um i looked at my house and i thought what new standards are they going to come up with what new taxes are they going to come up with they are really going to price all of us out of everything. When they say, you know, by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is the way that happens. 
And it's, you know, the, the, the appeal of the you'll own nothing is maybe, oh, well, you can rent everything cheaply. But then, of <laughs> course, it's not, it's not we're going to leave you free and then you can decide what to Correct. rent things. Like, I don't own a car. I don't even drive a car, right? I ride Uber. I have somebody drive yeah. me. Like, that's great. I'm happy not owning a car. But that's a free market decision. Correct. What you see, like the Colorado thing is a, is a microcosm of what they have in mind, which is you control nothing. That's really, Correct. it's really the control. And that's why there's this movement that's actually more fascist than, than socialist. It's not, it's like the government gets, you sometimes fake own things, but the government gets to control it. So it's Correct. like in some way you own your home, but you can't decide how much to heat or cool your home. Um, thank you for all of your hard work over the years um, and what you're doing. Again, I want you to uh, call your senator or your congressman or write to them and tell them, please, please talk to Alex Epstein and give him their web address or their his email address. Alex at Alex Epstein, E-P-S-T-E-I-N dot com. And uh, just say, can you meet with him? Just at least get their their five point plan. Talk to him. He'll meet with anybody for free. He's not into, you know, making the money off of any meetings. He'll meet with anybody um, in Congress or the Senate. Uh, and uh, they need to. The Republicans must have a platform. This is a good platform for energy. They should just adopt this and say, Look, when we get in charge, we're going to do these five things. The problem always happens when everybody wants their name on something and they come up with 400 different platforms. And then what do they do? They just keep chiseling down and chiseling down until you get the weakest of platforms and everybody gets behind that one. Please, they need a strong platform. Here's five things that they can do. Get them to adopt this platform. At least get them to get on the phone with Alex Epstein. AlexEpstein.com. Call your senators and your congressmen and tell them to contact him. Alex, thank you. Thank you. And by the way, I'll be in D.C. next Thursday and Friday if any of the congressmen or senators wants to meet in person. Good. Let us know how this is working. I will, for, you, for sure. Thank Thanks you very much. Again, the name of the book is Fossil Future. Uh, and another website that is greatenergytalkingpoints.com. It will give you, as I love the fact that it's all in, in tweet form. Uh, uh, so you can use these as people are talking about energy. Energytalkingpoints.com. Back in a minute. There used to be a time in this country when concepts like the customer is always right shaped the way that we did business, where companies weren't ideologically captured in the stranglehold of wokeism and fascism. Taking care of customers' needs was more important than finding ways to show your leftist credentials or your uh, favorite uh, party in office and in power. Those days are mostly gone, at least for now. But every once in a while, if you look in the right place, you'll find a company that still wants to do business the right way, the American way, and believes in the things that made us, uh, made our motto true, e pluribus unum. Somebody that will stand for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. This is Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. I want you to switch and uh, get activation for free today with the offer code Beck. Switch your phone carriers. These guys not only give you the same service, they have better customer service. They're on the same cell towers as everybody else. They are less expensive, and they're actually fighting for the Bill of Rights. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. 
PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, here's some shocking news. Facebook has been spying on the private messages, private messages and data of American users and reporting them to the FBI if they express anti-government or anti-authority sentiments or question the 2020 election. This is according to a source in the Department of Justice that Facebook has been turning you in if you've even questioned the election. I wonder if that has anything to do with the other fun story about Facebook today that they have lost 60% of their value as a company in the last year. Wow. Yeah. Good. I'd like to help them yeah. lose some more. Me too. Under the FBI uh, collaboration operation, somebody at Facebook red flagged the supposed subversive private messages over the past 19 months and transmitted in redacted form to the Domestic Terrorism Operational Unit at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. without a subpoena. It was done outside the legal process and without probable cause, said one of the sources. Facebook provides the FBI with private conversations which are protected by the First Amendment without any subpoena. The private messages have been farmed out as leads to the FBI field offices around the country, which subsequently requested subpoenas from the partner U.S. attorney's office in their district to officially obtain the private conversations that Facebook had already shown them. But when the targeted Facebook users were investigated by agents in a local FBI field office, sometimes using covert surveillance techniques, nothing criminal or violent turned up. What a surprise. So they are surveilling you, sometimes using covert surveillance techniques. The FBI, this is what they're spending their money on? And this is what Facebook is doing to you? Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. has to be spinning in his grave right now. <laughs> he, uh, especially <laughs> Jr., not senior. Right. But Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spinning in his grave. This is unbelievable. Facebook users whose private communications Facebook has red flagged as domestic terrorism for the FBI were all conservative right-wing individuals. They were gun-toting, red-blooded Americans who were angry after the election and shooting off their mouths and talking about staging protests. Staging protests. When is it a problem to spout off that Mm. you're angry and stage a protest? There was nothing criminal, nothing about violence, and nothing about, nothing about massacring or assassinating anyone, said the FBI DOJ uh, informant. As soon as the subpoena was requested within an hour, Facebook sent back gigabytes of data and photos. It was ready to go. They were waiting for that legal process so they could send it. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that something that Zuckerberg denies, like, emphatically, that they don't do that? That your information is safe with them? 
Oh, yeah, and I absolutely believe that. Yeah. By the way, uh, in a statement from Facebook, these claims are false. Okay. They reflect a misunderstanding of how our systems protect people from harm and how we engage with law enforcement. We carefully scrutinize all government requests for users' information to make sure they're legally valid and narrowly tailored, and we often push (laughs) back. We respond to legal requests for information in accordance with applicable law and terms. We provide notice to users whenever permitted. Uh Uh-huh. And then we send the information directly to the FBI. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. The Glenn Beck Program. So large asset managers are using your money to advance their toxic social and political agendas. They tell American companies to drill less and frack less. But here's the good news. This is your money, not theirs. That's why Strive recently launched a new U.S. energy index fund traded on the New York Stock Exchange. It's called Drill, D-R-L-L. Drill. Strive mandates that U.S. energy companies drill more, frack more, do whatever allows them to be the most profitable over the long run. The bigger they get, the more powerful their voice will be. Strive Funds. Go there now. Strivefunds.com. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses uh, carefully before investing. For a prospectus or summary prospectus of this and other information about the fund, please call 855-427-7360 or visit the website at strivefunds.com. Strivefunds.com. Read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. Blah, 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 blah. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I've got some good news for you. Yeah, I know. Rare, right? What could it possibly be? I have it in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about Mike Lindell. He learned a very powerful lesson this week, and that is, I think, never go to Hardee's, because, I mean, maybe that's why the FBI... No, you know why the FBI uh, went after him? Is because he was questioning the voting machines. Um, they say he might be charged, might be charged with conspiracy, um, uh, harming a government computer. I think that's what it is, or trying to access a government computer and some other ridiculous charge. Here's why he was really uh, hassled in in the line of Hardee's by the FBI, a SWAT team. Uh, he likes President Trump. That's why. That's why. So may I just suggest, I could tell you about all of his amazing products or something like May I just suggest, these guys are trying to destroy him, put him out of business any way they can. He's got great sheets. He's got great slippers, slides, and, uh, and um, uh, sandals. They're fantastic. They, he's got great pillows. Buy something from him today, will you? MyPillow.com. Use the promo code BECK. Listen, they've got specials that aren't going to be around long. Do the radio listener special square at MyPillow.com. Use the promo code BECK. 
and uh, help Mike out, show support. 800-966-3117. Well, I have some uh, good news. Let's see. Uh, America's struggling under Biden's inflation. No. Um, Democratic uh, senator says it's a call to arms against. No, not that one. Um, Congressman Tim Ryan claims kill MAGA movement comment was about. No, it's not that one. Hang on just a second. Oh, uh, here. No, it's not this one either. Oh, here it is. Sweden. Now, may I remind you who Sweden is? Sweden is an exceptional place because Sweden, Sweden during World War II um, helped so many people, helped so many people escape the Nazis, et cetera, et cetera. And they call uh, Folkhelm which is uh, the people's home. That's what they call them. It's a paradise. It's the people's home. And they, uh, besides offering incredible levels of taxation um, and even incredible levels of spending, even for Western Europe, um, they are the gold standard of welcoming everyone. Well, they had a surprising election. Not only did the Social Democrat-led alliance fail to win its customary majority, the right-wing alliance is now radically altered as well. It may still be fronted by the center-right moderates, but the largest component now is the hard-right Sweden Democrats. The margin between the left and right blocks may be as tight as a single seat, but this is huge. As recently as 2018, the Sweden Democrats were beyond the pale. The problem wasn't only that, like most of Europe's new right parties, they originated on a uh, neo-fascist fringe in the uh, 1980s. Their leader, uh, Jimmy, I don't know, Atkinson, or what is the A with the circle above it? I don't even know. Anyway, some Swedish name, who moved them to the center also alienated the moderates by speaking out so bluntly about immigration, Islam, and crime. This is 2018, and they got the third largest share of votes in 2018, and that led the Social Democrats keep going. Well, Mr. Atkinson, whatever, and the Sweden Democrats, they were all painted as racist. Yeah. So Sweden used to be notoriously safe. It was exceptional in all ways. And today it is still exceptional, just in a different way. Sweden now has the uh, highest number of reported rapes per capita. In 2021, according to Sweden's National Council for Crime Prevention, Sweden had the second highest number of deadly shootings per capita. Um, Just after Croatia... Ten years ago, the annual survey, Society, Opinion, and Media found that law and order was the Swedes' lowest priority. This year, it's their top priority at 41%. Next comes health care. Huh. Health care is a problem now in Sweden. Wait, but the government pays for everything. I know. Huh. And it worked when you were working <laughs> with this all-white, Blonde hair, blue eyed, homogenous, little teeny country mm-hmm. where everybody mm-hmm. thought alike and worked alike. Now you've got 
they took more immigrants than anyone else from the Middle East. And they were like, yeah, sure, they will like our lifestyle. It turns out, no, they don't. They don't. And now they can't pay for their health care, their insurance. Uh, and uh, immigration was at uh, 31%. Um, and all of the issues are cascades of immigration. So it looks like um, Sweden is coming to a new dance. Saying, you know what? What you guys are doing doesn't work. Hopefully, Sweden will stay centered on common sense and not go to the fascistic side of uh, the European right. It's our left. Is fascism and socialism is our left. Um, by the way, some more good news. Um, you know, um, Murkowski thought she was pulling a quick one. Uh, because of the uh, what do they call it? The preference uh, voting uh, the rank choice. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and she thought she was going to win. And uh, now it looks like no. Nope, uh -uh. Uh, some mm. of the Republicans that were a part of that rank choice have dropped out and yeah. a Democrat dropped out and endorsed the Republican leader. Wow. Wouldn't that be great to yeah. get rid of Lisa Murkowski finally? Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's no reason for a state like Alaska, which is, you know, a solid red state to have a person like Lisa Murkowski. No. You can understand it in Maine. You can't understand it in Alaska. So how do you say her name? Kelly Tashikbaka? Is that right? I think Tashikbaka. I'd have to look at it. Here's. It looks like Tashikbaka. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shibaka. Shibaka. Okay. So Kelly Shibaka is uh, the front runner uh, now uh, that could be the next uh, senator from uh, from Alaska, which would be mm. fantastic. By the way, um, why is it if um, the MAGA Republicans are the scariest Republicans ever to walk the earth? Why? Um, why is the Democratic Party spending so much money to help elect MAGA Republicans? You wouldn't. You know, it's hmm. like I would not. I would say, hey, Nazis, scary. And uh, I wouldn't put my money hoping that the American people would elect these Nazis. That would be insanity. What if they win mm -hmm. and they're Nazis? Why is the Democratic Party spending so much money on MAGA if they think that it's just because, oh, well, they're not going to win. We'll be able to beat that one. Really? Okay. All right. You should call some people over in Sweden. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's no way. Out. If you really believed what they say they believe, there's no way you take they that chance. There's not they a chance. They believe. Or they, Mitt Romney was the devil. Mm -hmm. And now. Oh, they love him. Uh, yeah. And and then it's it's uh, Donald Trump is the devil. And then when Donald Trump mm. is, you know, out of the way, it will be the next guy. Ron George DeSantis. Bush. Remember when he was oh, the devil? He was the devil. He was Satan himself. And now Michelle Obama claims, oh, I just love him to death. I love that George W. Bush. Again, huh. I want you to ask yourself this question. You know, earlier uh, this week, I went over a list, list of good and evil. I'll, I'll, I want to give that list again. Remind me after the break. Here, I just want to ask you, truth or fiction? Is this true or false? And it's really easy. 
Philadelphia DA. Now, this is uh, Fetterman backs this this district attorney. Okay, Um, the Philadelphia DA. Have you seen Philadelphia lately? Luckily, I haven't been anywhere near there, but I have seen the streets for videos and everything else of Philadelphia. I understand it's beautiful this time of year. Oh, just as the dead body chalk outlines start to be washed away yeah, by the fall really, rains. Oh, it's really beautiful. nice. Beautiful. Uh, so the Philly uh, DA said it's not mm. true that there's any kind of crime spike in Philadelphia. Oh, is that <laughs> demonstrably true or false? Make your decision and no excuses. Make your decision. You're either it's either a lie or it is true. There's nothing in between lie or true. If it's true, great. You're with the right guy. If it's a lie, what are you doing? Okay. Uh, Democratic candidate, um, Senate candidate uh, Mandela Barnes said police don't prevent crimes from happening. True or false? How about this one? Kamala Harris. We're seeing progress in bringing prices down. (laughs) True (laughs) or false? These are all just from yesterday. Um, How about this one? Stacey Abrams. I've never denied I lost an election. True. True. Or false. No wordsmithing. No word games. True or false. When you are looking at, and I do this every day. In fact, we probably should. When you look at uh, statements from the leadership of our country, and I'll do this with the Republicans as well. If they're lying to you, uh, there's a problem. I've been I've been thinking um, and and not a problem with the country. There's a problem with you. If you're voting for Mm. known liars, if you're accepting these incredible lies, there's a problem with you and you got to stop. You got to stop. Um, I have been a supporter of uh, the Article five convention of states. Um, I've been a pretty big supporter, vocal supporter. I'm reversing that today um, because after some real thought and prayer, we are not the people to open up this sacred document. We are not the people. That was a God-inspired document that was divinely written, and you can read it from I don't know how many founders Benjamin Franklin even said that the very hand of God was involved in the writing of that document. Do you believe that we could send delegates to a convention today that would have that kind of inspiration that when they got to an impasse, somebody would be there like Ben Franklin that would say, let's pause and all go to church and pray. And they didn't politic, they prayed. I, I am not for opening that Constitution anymore. Um, because we are not the people. When we are the people, 
I'll be for it again. When we have demonstrated our humility and our obedience to God, and I'm afraid it's just going to take a massive beatdown of our country to get to that place. But someday we will be humble enough. We will recognize God. We will not be an enemy to God. We will not be so arrogant. And when we're those people, I will support the um, Convention of States. But I would draw my support. And I'm sorry to say that, but I would draw my support. But it is because of the fact that this Constitution is wholly inadequate for anyone other than a religious and moral people. We are not those people, and we should not stain this document. Back in a minute. There's something I didn't plan on saying today. One of these things that makes America so exceptionally on the world stage, so exceptional, both now and down through the course of our history, is our focus on individualism. When we stand united as a nation, we stand as individuals coming together freely. It's something that the left in its collectivist mindset has never understood about us. The rights we share as Americans are many and splendid, and there are also responsibilities. You want the government to do less than we have to do more. Can we help our police officers? Can we help our firemen? Can we help those service members whose families have paid the ultimate price that their loved one doesn't come home? The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is a charity which was formed after 9-11 And it understands this solemn and sacred mandate to care about and care for our first responders and military service members that don't come home and leave families behind. Help these heroes and their families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate 11 bucks a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. So uh, earlier this week, I did a monologue um, on on just charting where we are. Th- there are two sides, and it is they're growing further and further apart. And each of us have to decide um, to not just be pushed along in the drift or the undercurrents. We we choose. We choose, and every day you can choose something different. The past does not dictate what you do in the future unless you allow it to. When did we as a people stop believing that sexual abuse of children is maybe explainable? When did we stop believing that that was evil to think that? It's not explainable. You're abusing a child. Taking away their innocence in any way is evil. 
When did we think that it was okay to show pornography to kids, show sex acts to kids, to sexualize our children, to have them dance on stage at a strip club? When did we stop saying that's evil? Because we're not hearing it very much. Children drag, uh, childhood uh, uh, drag shows. Drag story time in your school. When did we stop saying it was evil to indoctrinate children in hopelessness? When did we say, you know, it's perfectly fine to teach kids to hate their family, mistrust or distrust their parents and hate their country? Hate God. When did we say that was okay? When did we start believing that forcing people to participate in medical experiments was okay? When did we say it was okay for children's hospitals to dismember or amputate perfectly good limbs or appendages on a healthy body of children? When did we say it's okay to loot stores, burn cities down, destroy families, cancel speech in a much more widespread way than we ever did in the 1950s? And when did we all decide that it was the good versus the evil of preaching color of skin over content of character? We haven't changed. We've just fallen silent we no longer look at these things as anything but a social issue. Which side am I supposed to be on? You don't have to be a hero. You just have to remember what was good and what was evil. That's it. Those things don't change. If you think that it's okay to sexually abuse a child as an adult, you know what? It might be popular for a while, but I guarantee you it will return to a universal truth our children are sacred it will return which side are you on we are told that there will come a time where good becomes evil and evil becomes good we are there we are truly there Please, you're listening to this program at this time for a reason. Wake up. Wake up. And take a peaceful but firm stand. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Not going to be defense sitters this time around. You can't sit on the fence. You have to act one way or another. When it comes to your financing, that's probably the same. We're entering a period of intense economic pressure, and the warning signs are already uh, receding into the rearview mirrors. We are approaching something. Um, that is is not going to be easy. We will make it if we do the right things, if we use common sense and we stick together. Please give American Financing a call today. 
So somebody asked me this morning, well, Glenn, what do I do with my investment money? What I do with, you know, my 401k or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. Nobody knows. You just do the next right thing. That's all you have. That's all you can do. Do the next right thing. And reducing the money that you are paying, especially on interest in credit cards, reducing that is incredibly important. Finding ways to raise your credit score, incredibly important. American Financing, call them at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. Don't forget to use the promo code GLEN20 for $20 off your subscription. It's also 20%, actually, uh, at blazetv.com. Glenn 20. I want to introduce you to a man I have great respect for and a a guy who I think is uh, filled with courage from California. He is the senior pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel, uh, and this is one of the uh, churches that led and said, we're not we're not closing our doors. We're just not closing our doors and have led the fight on that. You have been under attack and uh, now Proposition One yeah. you're fighting against. Glenn, we're fighting what is the most radical legislation attempt in the United States in our history whereby a child would be exterminated up into what is known or what it's been referred to as the birthday abortion. On the day, on the moment, at birth, this child halfway out of the womb can be exterminated. This is the workings and the doctrine, the belief of Gavin Newsom, which America needs to pay attention to because this guy's got his sights set on bigger things. Oh, Proposition yeah. one is is his baby, his his uh, his government in Sacramento. They have supermajority power. Nothing gets to the voter anymore. They just do it. And he's he anticipated the Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. uh, change. He's and, being set up for the, the presidency. Yeah. Well, listen, during the recall effort, which was the largest recall effort in the U.S. in U.S. history against him recently, mm-hmm. Larry Elder was running against him mm-hmm. as governor, mm-hmm. that uh, the Democrats, remember, you got to remember Kamala and mm-hmm. Joe, they all came out to bail him out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me go over Proposition 1 because I, I, I did some uh, homework on it and I just went to what, you know, if you're looking up your ballot what 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 are the things this is proposition one what will it do proposition one would amend the california constitution to establish a right to reproductive freedom which is defined to include a right to an abortion and choose or refuse contraceptives now i want you to listen to this and read this as if you were somebody who is just marginally informed okay and you're not necessarily a person that is for you know partial birth or birthday abortion you are somebody who, you know, safe and rare, but legal. Okay. Just listen to it with this. The amendment states, the state shall not design, uh, de- uh, deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom in their most intimate decisions, which includes their fundamental right to choose or have an abortion and their fundamental right to choose or refuse contraception. Well, I'm like, okay, well, th- all right. Well, yeah, because I'm just half listening and and they're banning abortion, the federal level, so we need this. What's the legal status of abortion in California? Abortion is legal in California up to fetal viability. After viability, if the, reprodu- if the procedure is necessary to protect the life or health of the mother. 
So that's what's already in the law. In 2002, the California state legislature passed the Reproductive Privacy Act, which added language to state the statute declaring that a woman has a fundamental right to choose to bear a child or choose to obtain an abortion. So if I'm reading this, I'd be like, well, yeah, okay, I guess I'm for Proposition 1. Yeah. But that's this this is so misleading. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've heard the old saying, the devil's in the details. These guys have gotten smart because what preceded Prop 1 was AB 2223. And they they got caught being too specific. This is, this is the word that popped up, perinatal. And people began to say, wait, perinatal? Perinatal is infanticide. No, 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 it's not. It's not. Sacramento leadership screamed, no, it's not. No, it's not. That's exactly what the word means. What happened was they got bogged down in the details. In Mm -hmm. this case, Glenn. There are no details. Exactly. The devil has gotten smarter this time around, and he's left out the details to make it sound like what you just said. It's a sweet, happy little pill to take. It's an easy thing. That sounds so benign. What could possibly be really wrong with that? could, Could this include... Afterbirth abortion? Listen, I've I've been told, frankly, honestly, in your program, I've been told when I'm on these types of interviews, don't mention what could it probably could be. happen. Okay. That's be, fair. No, 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 because yeah, yeah. of this reason, let's be honest, because it probably does mean that, but people won't believe it, so don't go there, don't say it. But if you mention birthday abortion, which is undeniably what it is, yes, but if a baby dies seven days after going home with mom, this bill, if passed, there's no, the, the law enforcement are banned from investigation. There's no coroner's decision of cause of death. What is going on here? This evil. this is evil. this is Germany 1938 39 40 all over again. Yes it is. Yes it is. It's actually 30 about 30 1934 35. Wow. You know, they started it er- with the children. Yeah. They started it as a very benign. Yes. Oh, this is really just we just Yeah. We have to help these families and these children so they're not suffering. Um so you did a poll, didn't you? We did. We we commissioned a Rasmussen poll. And what and what did you find out? Well, the exact data of all of that you can view it in detail at realimpact.us, but somewhere in the vicinity of 79% of Democrats when interviewed or questioned about the the extensiveness of prop 1 said that's too extreme. No, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That's not just calling him cold. That's saying Look, this. What do you think it means, right? Yeah, yeah you're explaining it, or you're talking about it. Yeah, we're telling them Prop One is all the way up until birthday. What do you think about that? Seventy-nine percent of Democrats in California said that's too extreme. That's too far. So here's the amazing thing. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to have Gavin Newsom own what he's invented. That's my campaign as a pastor. I believe I must do that. I, I, I've read my Bible over and over again. I'm called to defend life. And the Bible says that I'm to defend those who are destined for crushing those who have no voice for themselves. If that doesn't describe an unborn child, I don't know what does. So here's the thing. We've got people now rushing into the church and saying, you can't talk about that. That's a political issue. Yeah. I refuse. 
It, it, listen, just because somebody says it's a political issue, that's, how, that's partially how they win the war. They get, them, they get a hold of woke pastors and woke ministers and shut them down yes. by saying this is a political issue. When God says, no, 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 this is an issue of life. I'm the God of life. I, I'm the life giver. And uh, you're tampering with a, a sacred you know, place. Let me tell you something, Jeff. First of all, thank you. For that, we need more pastors like you. Um, you have to speak without fear on truth, and the truth is, everything has been made political now. Yep. Everything is political, but it is incumbent upon us as Christians to say no. Evil yes. is evil. That's right. Whether it's being voted in or just being done, it's evil mutilating our children right. and giving the uh, giving them things that will forever change them is evil it's just is pure teaching our children about um uh, that they they that they should question their gender that they can have sex any way they want with whomever they want at a very young it's evil glenn it's not only evil let's be honest everyone who's got who's listening to your show right now we all know that a kid does not normally think that way. A kid doesn't wake up someday and say, you know what, I might be gender uh, confused here. That stuff is being pumped into these innocent, formidable minds at an early age. When a child's young, are they curious? When, yeah. when Johnny sees Susie at the age of four and tells mommy that she's got some different parts, that's normal curiosity. And you're supposed to parent your child mm -hmm. through that. But when we launch our kids into the public school system, assuming that they've got our children's best interest in mind, we have fooled ourselves because there's an agenda to take your child away from you, at least by their mindset, and to infuse within them, you know, you just might be a boy, you just might be a girl. And um, as a pastor of a large church, I've seen too many things, Glenn, going on where uh, young girls have had their, their breasts removed. And then we just, I just got, while I'm here in Texas, I got an email of a 16-year-old who wound up doing that, thought she was a guy, wound up realizing she wasn't, and just this week took her life. Oh, dear God. But listen, who's responsible for this? I want to ask, so who should pay for this? Who sh who's responsible? Someone's got to be responsible for this. And who would have thought in America that we would depart from our nation's great founding and the roots of this awesome country to take almost stupid pills now and to be a country that we don't even recognize. But we lose our young ones, and there is no future for this nation. You know, I just heard a stat yesterday about just the, um, the virus, um, the coronavirus uh, vaccine may have killed as many as 65,000 18 to 40 year olds. Okay. That's Vietnam. That's Vietnam. That's Vietnam. That's exactly correct. And there was no fight about, there was nothing. It, I mean, it just was done and over with. Um, evil thinks it's, it's winning. I, I love what you just said. Um, when evil gets an inch, right? Cause it has no self-control. It goes a mile. California is a perfect example of that where once it takes a little bit of territory, it goes, it goes bonkers. And so now, if people would just stop, and Glenn, I know this is going to sound crazy, but people think in 49 states, it's California. Yeah. Leave it alone. Hello, excuse me. 
Uh, what's happening in California is, is now happening in Boise, Idaho this last weekend. Yep. It's happening everywhere. You, you've got to stop it in California before it gets to Illinois. Well, you know, one of the really insidious things that is, has happened, and I talked about it last night. Let me see if I can find it. Um, the, the states, California, this is a brilliant evil thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, the left decided, hey, let's go to states and say whatever California does will follow by law. This never went for a vote. Legislatures in 17 states passed it. Uh, the 17 states that tied themselves to California, uh, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Mexico, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Virginia, and Washington. There you go. So when they say we're going to do this for emissions, those states must now do it. They follow. This is the kind of of uh, subterfuge that they have and, and sabotage that they have done to all of our states. So, Glenn, I'm going to ask you a question. I asked it of a friend of ours, uh, Charlie Kirk. His jaw dropped. I said, Charlie, with what I'm seeing around our country for the last maybe eight years, maybe more, do we have a constitution? No. Thank you. I believe we do not. We don't. We've got one, we've got one encased at, mm-hmm. at, in the museum in mm-hmm. D.C. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. We've got judges coming in, overturning it. We've got people. Look at California. By the way, we're celebrating. I'm celebrating. We just won a case. It took us, took us eight years. We won it last week. We sued the governor, Jerry Brown, because <laughs> when Hobby Lobby won their Supreme Court case regarding mm-hmm. uh, religious organizations not having to fund elective abortions, I said no. To I said no. I, I wouldn't do it. We lost our insurance coverage. We wound up uh, basically taking care of ourselves in a Christian co-op regarding uh, our insurance care but we filed a lawsuit against jerry brown and the reason why is because they sent us a letter and they said in light of the u.s supreme court's decision regarding hobby lobby case the state uh, attorney general of california does not believe that that decision was constitutional and so california employers will provide elective abortion coverage we wouldn't do it and so um we just won that case it took us eight years we just won last week congratulations yeah hallelujah I don't know how you do it every day in California, but I thank God that you are there because there's a there are a lot of people that feel very, very alone right now all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, and they they need to know that they're not. And we need to yeah, get man. them to uh, realize the heavens are engaged in this. That's right. They are engaged. That's right. And they're just they're all around us saying, come on, man, stand up, step up, stand up, step up. Thank you so much. Glenn. You bet. Love it. Um, all right. Um, back in just a minute. Let me tell you about Goldline. If you haven't been keeping up with the news on inflation, you're probably sleeping better uh, than you otherwise would. But uh, it's affecting you and everyone else you know. It affects uh, many more people than monkeypox, quite honestly. The value of the U.S. dollar continues to drop as the Fed and the Biden administration continue to screw things up. This has been going on for a very long time. We've been talking about it for 20 years. It's here now. It's here. These are the days. Um, 
I was off uh, last week for Labor Day, and Goldline has enhanced their Labor Day weekend special for this week only. Every roll of the new Benjamin Franklin Stand in Love quarter-ounce rounds, which has Ben Franklin on the front, and I had them put on the back what Ben Franklin wanted to have as our national seal, which is Pharaoh in the water and Moses and the, the pillar of fire. It's an amazing coin. You can get them now. Every roll of the new Benjamin, Fort, uh, Benjamin Franklin quarter-ounce gold rounds, you'll receive 50 of the matching one-ounce copper rounds and 25 mind-your-business silver bars at no additional cost. This is phenomenal. I've never seen them do anything like this. It is the end of this week only. That's tomorrow. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. The Glenn Back Program. Oh, crap, we didn't get a chance to check in uh, uh, with the Royals today. We'll have to do that tomorrow. Ah. Yeah, darn it. Um, The Washington Post had a story out uh, this week that Americans are finally feeling better about the economy. Huh. I thought I was out of touch, and so I decided to uh, conduct our own poll, um, the glenbeck.com economy poll. Are you feeling better about the economy? Uh, 99% said uh, no, which uh, leaves 1% saying, yeah, I, I feel better. Margin of error is three points. That's so. a lot of Americans. <laughs> That's a lot of Americans. One percent. That's good. One percent. They're wow. feeling better. They're okay. Feeling better. So, <laughs> how could you possibly? I guess gas prices have been down a teeny bit. And I just saw the president, uh, you know, going to check out some luxury cars that GM is making. Oh, which, that you can't buy. Well, you can't buy them. No. Well, you can't buy luxury or non-luxury cars. I don't know if you can buy cars. Yeah, I don't uh, think you can. Matchbox cars. No, no, I think those are gone as well. Probably not. Hot Wheels? <laughs> no. No, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, gosh, I better change my vote. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling better about the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you missed any part of this program, you've got to listen into the open of the podcast where I explain this Amtrak nonsense to you. It's important. Get it wherever you get your podcast. The Glenn Back Program.